welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with my favorite podcast co-host, Dan, the man, Duran. How are you today, Dan? I am great, Jenny. I, I'm, I'm excited about learning something that I've never really learned about, other than basic you know, anatomy, physiology, or exercise science, talking about sweating, right? Oh, we all sweat. We all need to sweat. It's good for us, et cetera. I am really interested to learn more from our guest today. And as we're going through the podcast, I'll, I'll pop in a little personal story about it and why I want to know so much about this topic, the science of sweat. Yeah, it's all about sweat. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some apparel. And you know me, I love me. I won't name drop brands or anything, but I do love to look nice while going to the gym. And everybody here, I think, knows that I have a massive shoe collection. I'm talking about tennis shoes. I have probably 160 pairs now of tennis shoes. And that um, makes you drip. Is, yeah. That makes that, you drip, yes, right? Yeah. You guys, Dan just learned this word drip. So if he throws it out quite a few times today, that's why he was like yesterday years old when he learned the word drip. So yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I, I, you know, big knowledge bombs today. Yes. 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 Dan's 16 year old is doing him an educate and uh, teaching him all the lingo and all the terms. So he's hip now. <laughs> But yes, we have an amazing guest with us here today. Um, Doug actually pursued his dream of playing in the NHL. And during his 11-year professional career, he won four championships. That's amazing. So he, you guys, got to hold up the real Stanley Cup, not the one that everybody walks around with these days. Those, I, I first heard that. I was like, why do you want a hockey trophy? People like, no, it's a cup. Anyway, I, I digress. After retiring from hockey, Doug, he started a company called DL Hockey. And he expanded it to four countries. It was contracted by the NHL. He was contracted to grow uh, hockey in Asia. So super cool, spreading it all over the world. And I think for most high-level athletes, Dan, they just want to like make, raise awareness of their game and spread it. Like golfers, basketball players, they just want to make people aware. So that's amazing. Um, he later co-founded Sports Share Technologies Incorporated. And more recently, co-founded Zenkai Sports LLC, which is an athletic brand we'll talk about today. And they're all about redefining the future of performance apparel, by harnessing the science of sweat and innovating and they, at the intersection of sustainability and athletic performance. So I'm super excited to learn more about this. Welcome, Doug Lynch. Thank you very much, guys. Awesome readout there, Jenny. Really sounded like I did a bunch of stuff in my life. That was sweet. Oh, you've done a thing or two. <laughs> I think we can agree on that. Well, speaking of, Doug, tell us about your journey. How did you get started in fitness, hockey, all that stuff? And how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, no, thank you. So I grew up in Vancouver, BC, uh, Canada, uh, played hockey my whole life growing up. And, you know, at, at a point sometime, I just started all for fun. My parents were incredible, put us in all the different sports, no pressure. And as you get kind of older as an athlete, you realize you might be better at one sport. So I focused mm -hmm. on ice hockey and then took that for as far as I could go. So I ended up playing uh, 11 years professional in um, about seven, eight different uh, teams in four countries. Um, so I ended up playing over a thousand games and saw the world, won a bunch of championships, had a super fun, uh, super fun time doing it, met friends all over the world. And then I retired at 32 
And um, I have a high school education. And what am I going to do with my life? I've been a hockey player my entire life. It's what I've done and what I put my heart and soul into. And then you grow, grow up one day and you're like, you know what? I, I'm ready for my life after hockey. And and uh, so I was 32 years old. And I, what, I, what do you know best? Ice hockey, went back to coaching, fell in love with, with kids and coaching and the long-term athlete development model. Hey, take, how do you take a six-year-old? And, and, and build that career because you can't teach a six-year-old what you're trying to teach a 16-year-old. So really understand how kids work, how coaching works. So I started a coaching consulting company in Portland, Oregon. That, uh, I got, that was super fun. And then from there, a friend, right, um, or a friend of mine built a rink in China. He's like, you want to come to China and run an ice hockey program? I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, <laughs> what am I going to do with ice hockey in China? So we became really good friends, ended up convincing me to go had just an amazing time, lived in Shenzhen mostly, but spent a lot of time in Shanghai and Beijing. And that was at the same time the NHL was sending over uh, teams to play exhibition games leading into the 2022 Beijing Olympics. And like, just like you mentioned, Jenny, they wanted to e- expand, like what we would say, always used to, the line I always used to use in China is nobody plays bobsled. No one plays figure skating. No one plays biathlon. So going into the Winter Olympics, People play ice hockey. It's one of the few games that people play. So the government really wanted to bring some more attention to the sport, educate the masses, educate the kids. So I ended up spending two years all through Asia uh, teaching kids ice hockey. And it was uh, the greatest time ever. That's so cool. Yeah, it's all about growing the game. And you're right. Nobody does play bobsled. <laughs> I don't own one. <laughs> isn't, isn't that <laughs> let's saying? Go grab a couple, yeah, let's go grab a couple of pints and play bobsled on Friday night. Isn't the saying I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out? It's definitely happened more than once that yeah. I witnessed. Uh, yeah. I, I, you've witnessed. Never a part of it, right? And it just, no, 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 no. That's other people. Yeah, those folks <laughs> just can't get a, hard, a handle on their emotions. Yeah, I feel you, man. So what about what about the transition into your apparel company, Doug? So I was in back after I left China, uh, my companies were acquired over there. And that's what, why, how I became a founder of the Sport Share Technologies. It's a super cool online education system for kids. Um, I was in Portland, ready for my next step. And then, of course, because Portland, every one of the kids I taught, their mom or dad either worked for Intel or Nike. So I end up really getting this like crash course on apparel because they just became all my friends, you know, the parents of the kids I was coaching. We'd go to tournaments together, get to know them. And really kind of started learning more to apparel. And it was kind of an interesting, Dan, because um, when I retired, um, I went vegan for a year. Um, I, I was eating so much meat as an athlete, like three times a day for 14 years, whatever it was. And I kind of want to reset my system. So I went vegan cold turkey, which my body was not happy about um, for about a year. It's super hard. And I love sushi. and I love eggs. So I'm now technically a pescatarian. But for a year, you guys, I went down that journey. And it really took me down this like, sustainable journey but watching all these netflix documentaries and reading everything so it's funny dan because my journey ended up going through on the for more food to then like what's happening to our planet and then it kind of turned into textiles and then at the same time i'm working with all these people from nike that i'm coaching their kids so i'm like i started asking them questions and i had i got this whole education out of nowhere because i was just I, i'm a, i'm a lifelong learner and it's something i was very passionate about so then anyway, I got introduced to some of the highest people at Nike, which then ended up meeting my partner, uh, Raj, who started Philium. And we said, we should go into business together. So this kind of crazy, convoluted, doesn't make any sense. Uh, it story. all started with a rabbit hole on Netflix. Right? <laughs> Don't they all do that? Oh, it'll Man. suck you in. It's endless. 
Well, and Jenny, you know what? Even before the rabbit hole of Netflix, we laughed about, you know, I was fortunate to win some championships. And when you win a championship, you've got, there's reunions. So I come back after 10 years of reunion and all my teammates, not all of them, all my teammates, we, we put on a bunch of weight. And I'm like, every year we come back, we joke each other. Like, I'm not going to be as fat as you next five <laughs> years when we come back. So we sort of joke with all my teammates. We're in a bunch of group chats together. I'm like, you know what? So that's what took me down to veganism because I didn't want to be too fat oh. <laughs> on our next, <laughs> the next reunion. Oh my gosh. The ribbing. I can imagine. <laughs> That's awesome. So you had all these contacts with some really amazing companies like Nike and some places that it, it's hard not to get sucked into their biosphere and like head that way. But you kind of decided to branch off and go your own way. Where did this science of sweat come in? Can you tell us what that is and how did you start yeah. to incorporate that into your clothing brand? Yeah, well, and, and I'm sure like you guys, uh, I'm not to date anybody here, but when I started playing sports, I wore, I just wore a cotton t-shirt. And underneath my hockey equipment, my lacrosse equipment, and Dan, we talked about your son playing lacrosse. Like I just wore a cotton t-shirt. Like that's what you wore back then. And then Kevin Plank came out in 1999 and said, cotton's the enemy, synthetics are the future. He said that because you can't, you can't perform in cotton. So that was for now 20, now fast forward, you know, 25 years or so. Um, the whole world, whole world has gone synthetic. And then Nike came out and our Nike's arguably the, one of the greatest marketing companies in the world next to like mm -hmm. an Apple. And they said, dry fit, moisture wicking, that's the future. Well, so then I started going down this rabbit hole. What does that really mean? Well, moisture wicking means pulling sweat off your skin into your shirt. So your shirt's soaking wet, but your skin's dry. I'm like, okay, well, does that make sense? So then I went down this rabbit hole of, it's called thermal regulation. And so basically just to dumb it down. And by the way, guys, I have a high school education. So like, I do not like, look this up yourself. Like this is real stuff. <laughs> um, but basically what happens when, when we, when our core temperature rises, as we exert energy doing anything physical, basically we exert and we sweat. We sweat to cool down our inner organs. Cause if we don't, our organs get too hot and that's what leads to heat stroke and heat failure. And you have to sit down you get dizzy, you get lightheaded. So basically our sweating mechanism is to protect our inner organs. But the science behind that is when our sweat kind of comes on our skin and evaporates naturally, that chemical reaction is what cools our skin down. Yes. So then you think, take it back to moisture wicking. Well, if I'm just pulling the sweat off my skin, not letting it evaporate naturally, you're actually robbing your body of that chemical reaction to cool you down. So you actually overheat faster and lose more energy. So wearing synthetics, which we know is derived from oil and plastic, it's not breathable. Uh, it traps in the heat and you actually overheat faster. So it actually hurts your performance but it probably is better than wearing a hundred percent cotton t-shirt. So there's this weird like middle juxtaposition. So when I came in with my partner, we're like, wait a second, with our technology, repel water on both inside and outside the shirt. So as you wear our apparel, a thin layer of sweat stays on your skin and evaporates naturally. And then the, the, again, the, the, the technical term is hydrophobic because water molecules are larger than air molecules. Air can get through. So as we evaporate, air is coming through our fabric, but water is not penetrating it. So it's the perfect like middle ground between wearing a 100% cotton t-shirt or a synthetic shirt that's ruining the planet. And we're the only ones in the world now have come out with an apparel line that doesn't sacrifice the planet. It's not made of oil and plastic, but as a performance cotton. So anyway, that's kind of where we end up landing. So, so I'm sure you've already thought of this because clearly you're an entrepreneur and work with uh, alongside a lot of folks in that in those industries. But I'm an outdoors guy, 
backpacker, hunter, etc. What a market there too, because oh, we damn. layer everything when we're backpacking. We layer everything when we're yeah. So you know, Dan, I, you I know, you, you know a guy. Give him my number. Let's go do a deal. Oh man, <laughs> that's a huge Cabela's and Bass yeah. Pro Shop just kills it on that stuff. So anyway, well, what? Yeah, one hundred percent. And to be honest, the reason I haven't gone there is because I'm a vegetarian oh, <laughs> or a pescatarian. No. So like, I like animals, and I'm like, want them to be, be around, walking around. Uh, I'm also an entrepreneur, so if people want to go shoot animals, like. Well, they, they need t-shirts too, I guess. So yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. More, maybe it's more of a spiritual conversation in my head. Packing, <laughs> ultra running. Those are some 100%. of the things I do that, that I, where I'm thinking would be just an awesome one. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, anyway. Yeah. No, so, you're exactly right. You did mention, you did mention, Doug, uh, sustainability and, and, you know, the, the environment and so forth. Can you talk just a little bit more about the, your brand's philosophy on the intersection? Between yes. sustainability and athletic performance. Oh, and I'm sure you guys know being, you know, in the athletic world every single day. Um, but people, I was actually, I was, I didn't know this, so I'm not surprised. But like, I didn't know synthetic apparel came from oil and plastic. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I did not know that the textile industry is the second largest polluter on the planet next to oil and gas. Like, I didn't know that either. So, like, again, this education part of our company is like, Every day I call up and do sales calls and we, I do podcasts and I do interviews. I almost feel like we're an education company. We are educating the next generation on where their apparel comes from, what is actually made out of it. No different than you guys. And people want to know where their eggs come from and their meat comes from. And the, if the fish is sustainably caught, those questions, we weren't asking those questions 20 years ago. We just were just handed steak. We ate it. We handed a t-shirt. We, we, we wore it. But now the next generation, which is, is so cool is they're asking these questions. And so for us, Dan, it's like, why does your apparel have to hurt the planet? Like every time you buy a shirt from one of those big brands that uses all synthetic, it hurts the planet. It doesn't biodegrade. It's made, it, when it breaks down, it breaks down to microplastics, which leach into the oceans. So it's like, there has to be a better solution than this. And, and unfortunately, like the whole world, right? With humanity, you have to go so far one way to then slowly start bringing it back this way. You know, fossil fuels, electric cars, all that kind of stuff. And fast fashion is one of the things that's destroying the planet the most. And it's overconsumption. It's not good quality. It doesn't biodegrade. So we want to be, that's the story that we're telling. And it's hard to get above that noise. But right now you can buy one of our shirts, feel good about it. It's not hurting the planet. It's biodegradable. It's good for your body. And then on on the technology side, because it repels the water, People don't realize either, I didn't know, that sweat's odorless. It's the bacteria that's carried yes. in our sweat. When that gets caught into the garment and dries, that's what smells. So again, because we repel water both inside and outside the shirt, you can wear the same shirt five, six, seven, ten times in a row and there's no smell. So now again, you're talking about lowering your carbon footprint as a family, as a household. I mean, Jenny, we talked about it earlier. Like I, I work out four or five days a week. And I used to have to have four compression shorts, four shorts, mm-hmm. four shirts, four pairs of socks. And like, I'm doing laundry once a week just for my athletic stuff. Yeah. So again, for us, if you have an active household, young kids, husband, wife, whatever it is running around, if you can save them a couple hours a month by doing less laundry, like what that does, and then the monetary aspect. So for us, it's it's this holistic picture of a natural substance. Don't have to launder it. Helps with your performance. 
and uh, we're brand new. So I need great people like you to help me tell this story. That's awesome. So first things first, Doug, what you just said about sweat not stinking, I tried to explain that to somebody a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, they almost exploded because they didn't get it. Um, but it blew their mind. I was like, no, sweat is just like, it's water and salt, right? But there's bacteria on your skin. So like in your armpits, there's different bacteria in your growing area, et cetera. Like, totally. And then also your hormones can impact the smell of your sweat. Cause I said, oh, it was like hormone sweat. And they were like, what are you even talking about? I was like, you know, oh, you've, you've experienced hormone sweat when you smell somebody in a room and you're like, yep. who is that? And then you, you smell your shirt and you're like, oh God, it's me. And you, Doug sent us, totally. um, so for the listeners out there, Doug sent us some, some samples of his clothing and I picked up the shirt and you guys know me. I love my drip. I love my, my different exercise clothes and stuff. And I picked up the shirt. I was like, oh man, this thing is so thick. Like, what am I going to do with this? It feels like compression, but I don't know. I wore it to, I coach beach volleyball. It was freezing here in Arizona a couple weeks ago. So I wore it underneath my beach volleyball sweatshirt and I put it on. At first I put it on, I was like, okay, this does not feel like compression. It doesn't move not one inch. And for those of you guys who wear compression, the worst possible thing that could happen outside of getting a hole in said compression gear is it moving when you are working out <laughs> because then trying to put it back when it's wet is impossible. This stuff didn't move. And I told Doug this before we got on the podcast, I finished three hours worth of beach volleyball matches and I sweat like nobody's business. And I came back and I was like, I don't feel sweaty. I don't feel wet. And guess what, guys? I did not stink. And I'm one of those people that like, I'm just a stinky sweater. <laughs> um, and so I did not smell too. the same way. I smelled my shirt and it smelled normal. I was like, what? And this is amazing. This is amazing. So everything he's explaining about this technology, about the way that they put this material together, um, it makes sense. And I think when you said <laughs> that dry wicking is like the reverse of what we want, I was like waiting for a lightning bolt to come smite us. Because <laughs> that's what we've all been taught, right? It's I like know. everything out there is moisture wicking or dry wick or whatever they dry sense, right? And because that's the thing right now. But I think you're onto something, Doug. I think you're onto something. Hey guys, to learn more about Zenkai Sports and their incredible technology, visit zenkaisports.com. That's Z-E-N-K-A-I sports.com and use the code ISSA40 for an exclusive discount. So yeah. speaking of Thanks, being on to something, what role do you think like technology and things like what you guys have figured out will play in the future of athletic performance? Well, it's such a great question because what are we seeing now in all society? Everything is going back more natural the way it was. Oh, weird. Just eat an apple and eat a banana is better yeah. than taking six pills from a bottle that has them all mashed together. So it's so ironic how humanity is, right? Is Oh, what's what's number one thing? Meditation, getting out in nature. Like, what a novelty. Like, we've been doing this for thousands of years as humans. But because, like, my grandpa has a great source. My dad was a professional lacrosse player. And he left the farm in Canada to go play lacrosse. And he'd go to the gym to work out to train for lacrosse. Trying to explain that to my grandfather about, what do you mean you have to go exercise? Like, there's <laughs> 400 hay bales out here. There's yeah. a tractor that needs to be towed. There's cows that need, like, you need to go work out in a gym, like just come to the farm. You'll, you'll be exhausted every single day. So this whole society we've had, which, which there's so technology is incredible is we've gotten away from being natural. Dan, you mentioned hiking and stuff earlier, just like going for a walk, hiking, walking to where it needs to go. I can leave my car, do 10 errands now and not get out of the driver's seat of my car. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. so we have to understand that the whole world's going back more natural. And 
it's funny because we do photo shoots and we've got a bunch of professional athletes wearing our stuff and we'll go to photo shoot Jenny and the athletes are rubbing their, they're rubbing their hand on our clothes because they're not used to wearing cotton. They're yeah. so used to wearing synthetic. And it's funny for me now being a part of this journey for so long, I wear a synthetic shirt and it's immediately itchy for me because, yeah. but for 20 years I wore it and never complained once. So I think technology is going to play a massive role, but it's ironic that it's bringing us back more natural. So it's the cotton, it's the linens, it's the wools. But again, remember with a technology like ours has them basically activated and creating this new version of what a cotton t-shirt is. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it's so simple. My head's going, my head keeps going there. Backpacking, bike packing. That's a thing. So my 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 dear friend does these like three-week bike packing trips and they take one pair of clothes, make two pair of clothes. And the 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 fact that it doesn't hold the scent, I'm telling you. We got to get in there, buddy. Guys, we got in there. Dan, let's let's talk. We'll we'll talk. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely, definitely. Uh, So, you know, uh, Doug, I love what you're saying about how we're coming back, right? And people are being made more aware and we're coming back to eating real foods. We're coming back to sustainability. We're coming back to realizing the impact that we have on our environment. Clearly, your company is doing so with you leading the charge. Where do you where do you see both the influence of your company and maybe the rest of uh, commerce? I'm just going to call it or, or uh, you know the the industries. Do you see that happening on a larger scale? I, I, absolutely, and in fact, Dan, I would say that it's going to be the barrier to entry here in very very soon. Like, and when you when you talk to people that like just get that humanity, we're all together in this. We're all teammates, the whole planet together. We're all in the same place together. That if we're destroying the planet, like for we're destroying it for all of our kids and all the people that are coming after us. And you start realizing that it's like I know it sounds kind of a, a spiritual, like very big thing, but when you, when you to distill it down of like what can I do today? And that's actually the the, the basis of um. So it's a Japanese philosophy called Kaizen. And it's very famous, like Toyota, Toyota and Lexus use it. Um, but basically, the, I heard that one day, I'm like, that's it. How do you get, it's continuous improvement is what Kaizen kind of encapsulates. So for me, I cut that word in half and flipped it to come up with I know, something. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, for, and for me, you guys, I mentioned earlier being a lifelong learner. It's like, how do I get better every day? Like, I don't buy plastic. I just use this. I, I, I try to walk when I can or take a bike. Like, it's just simple things for me every single day that I can do to get better every single day. And I think, Dan, that the future is going to be people actually put human beings in the planet first, not profits, not this. Because people, I think the next generation, they're going to see that. And they're like, you know what? I'd rather shop here. And we all know that your money, your vote is your money, right? Money is your vote. And yeah. if people start putting money towards sustainability and different things, it's going to start taking it away from the fast fashion and the different things. And, and for us, Dan, being the, like, we want to be a leader in there. I mean, again, we're this big, right? We're no, we're not leading anybody yet, but we'd love to be that voice and that leader of that next generation that, that wants to know where their things are coming from. And I think that's going to be the, the barred entry in a few years. You're going to have to like, whether it's the inclusion and all of that stuff, if you're not just that all day, you're not going to survive. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, and Doug, before Jenny uh, uh, leads us down with another question, 
I'm the, the the parent of the three of us. It sounds like you're playing kids, Jenny. I think we, you and I have been going back and forth. It's a hard pass for me. A hard pass. <laughs> but I, I have the opportunity to, the, to look at it through the eyes as a dad, not yet a granddad, but uh, hopefully soon. And, and that does come, that is top of mind for me. What is the world going to, because I'm not going to be here, but my kid is, and hopefully my kid's kids What's it going to be like? Because even in my years, I've seen so much evolution of how we do things in the environment and uh, how we don't, like you said, uh, you could do everything without getting out of your car. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can shop from your phone and it's on your doorstep 10 steps away a day later. And I wonder, and, and we want what's best for our kids and for the generations that follow. So I definitely love that you're looking at it in a long term view like that, because as a parent, uh, that is a filter that we use day in and day out. Yeah. Well, before before you go, Jenny, for your question, it's not one point on that. Like I was just talking to my friend yesterday. I was on a flight. Like, and I don't remember this, um, but like in the 30s and 40s, obviously they smoked on airplanes. Yeah. Like, just smoked. I remember oh, yeah. restaurants. Like I would be yep. sitting at a table, someone smoking right next to me. Like telling my like I have nieces and nephews telling them that stuff now. Like they're like like you lived in the dark ages. Now, yeah. our kids, Dan, and your kid gets older. We have kids, and 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 and, and Jenny's um, a babysitting our kids. <laughs> we like there's going to be a day, Jenny. There's going to be a day when that that generation is going. You guys wore oil and plastic on your bodies, like yeah. that's the dumbest thing we've ever heard. You put <laughs> PFSAs in the ocean and microplastics. Like, what was wrong with you? You know that's going to happen. Yeah. Well, now they look at us and say, wait, you used phones that were attached to the wall? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It had a very long coily string, okay? Really <laughs> long, and you had to keep uncoiling it. That, usually, yeah. that's those and it would always get tangled on itself. Yes. And now they use those for hair Get out of like, here. <laughs> you shut it in the door for privacy because you have one yep. phone. And if I'm talking to my girlfriend, I want to take it into another room. You shut in the door for privacy, then you break the cord. Those are the good old days, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I think this is super interesting. And I think, so you guys, like you said, you're finding that you're almost an education company because you're having to teach people or remind them like, hey, the sweat is normal. You're supposed to sweat. It's not normal to wipe your sweat away, right? Um, in my yoga classes, actually, we do I do warm-ish yoga. It's not hot yoga. Yep. It's like warm-ish. And you're supposed to sweat. And so when people sit down and start wiping their face, the instructor doesn't get mad, but she's like, yo, just remember, sweat is supposed to be there. Totally. When it's sit on your skin, if you're okay, if you need to wipe it or it's in your eyes, go for it. But like, right. if you can, let it stay on your skin. But we, it's almost like we need to retrain people to remind them that sweat is normal. The evaporation of that water off your skin is what cools your body and it's supposed to happen. So I feel like it's not like you guys are taking on, I'm using air quotes, companies like Nike and the Adidas of the world and stuff or Adidas of the world and stuff. Um, but you have just something different to offer. And you're absolutely right. People are going to speak with their feet. They're going to move to things that they believe in. They're going to move to things that are more sustainable or that, hey, once they wear this, uh, they'll be they're like me, become a believer, right? At right. first I felt it. I was like, well, I don't know about this, but I put it right. on and I wore it for a couple of days and I was like, okay, okay. You just have to experience right. it to believe it um, and yep. understand how it works. And so I'm excited for you guys and everything that you're doing to grow. Thank and you. With your background with the NHL and like hockey and traveling all over the world. Sounds like you have some great contacts that can help get you get this out to the masses and to the people that would want to purchase it. Um, so super cool. But what kind of exciting new developments can we think of or see, hope to see for your brand coming up in the future here? 
Well, I think like, again, getting back to the Kaizen, Zenkai philosophy, getting better every single day. Like we want, like the shirt I'm wearing now hasn't come out yet. It's a polo. It's like 160 grams. Our original polo was 200 grams. Like to your point, Jenny, a little bit heavy, a little bit thick. And that sometimes is enough to turn off a high level athlete because like, man, we're used to wearing these like paper thin synthetic shirts. Yeah. So again, just getting a little bit better at that. Uh, getting a little better in supply chain, talking about continuous improvement. I, I, our team the other day, our stuff is shipped in com, um, compostable bags. So you can put them right where all like your banana peels and orange peels, but the sticker's not. So my like, guys, how do we get a compostable sticker? So like, that's the thing we're working on now. So it's like, as a small business owner, you guys know, it's just that you just never stop. You're always thinking. So for us, it's getting a little bit lighter fabrics. Uh, really playing around with some more natural using Model now, which is made out of birchwood. So more natural fabrics. We want to expand our women's line. In fact, my wife gets mad at me because our women's line is uh, is for athletes, not for like the more sexier version. If that makes sense, like it's for like it's for like athletic wear. My wife's like, oh, I wish this stuff looked a little cool, a little more fashion. So for us, it's like, I'm sick and tired of wearing black and white t-shirts too. I <laughs> So it's like, get some more colors, some more fashion. But as a startup brand, you can't do 20 different colors. You have four. And so for us, more styles, more colors, more of that fashion, sexier looks, instead of just a black performance piece, um, that'll be part of our big evolution. And then doing deals with you know ISSA, we're super excited about. We're working with a, a bunch of gyms now in Canada, United States, and just meeting good people along the way and helping them tell our story. And it's uh, it's been an amazing ride. Love it. Yeah, you just have to keep growing. And you're you're absolutely right, though. It's not like you guys are adapting to what's out there, but you have to provide what people want. Um, and I get it. You know, the little sports bras with the little crissy crosses in the back and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's fashionable. It is what it is. But to your point earlier, it has to be sustainable. And these are garments that you don't just wear a couple of times and then the stitching comes out and then you might as well just throw it away. Right. Exactly. So you're going to invest a little bit more in these, but they're by no means your pricing is like out of the realm of athletic wear. Um, in fact, you're well under brands like Lululemon and Viore and stuff like that. Um, and in, depending on who you ask, you might be providing a superior product. So yes. Thanks, Jenny. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, this has been fascinating, Doug. And uh, I know we're going to want to have you on again. uh, But in the interest of time and making sure that our listeners know how to find you, what is the best way for them to follow, find, learn more about Zenkai, et cetera? Please share all the best ways right now. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, go to zenkaisports.com. Z-E-N-K-A-I sports uh, with an S.com. Instagram, Zenkai Sports. We're on TikTok, um, all those different social medias. Uh, we're going to be doing a deal with ISSA. So we'll have a discount code being sent out to your guys' universe um, that we're super excited about. Um, but that's the yeah, website, Instagram, Facebook, all the normal spot, Zenkai Sports. And, uh, and just come say hi. I'm Doug. Write me a message. Come find me. Uh, love people. Love telling our story. And uh, really look forward, Dan. Anytime you want me to come on, you need a guest co-host. Let me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, around. Jenny. Yeah, yeah. Jenny, Jenny needs some help. When she's got to rely on just me, so you know we really throw <laughs> on that one. We'll have to do it. We'll have to find a time we can all get in person. We'll do a little uh, fun little uh, content strategy uh, in go. person one day. There you go. Let's do it. I love it. Well, thank you again, Doug. Really good information. Um, love, love the brand. Love what you guys are doing. Love what you guys stand for. It's nice to know that people out there still stand for something, right? And it's not just about selling, 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 and making a bajillion dollars and then riding off into the sunset. You're you're trying to save the planet. 
Um, Because I think about that. You guys mentioned that with kids. I think about that with my nephew who's almost 16 now all the time. I'm like, what are we leaving them with? Exactly. (laughs) Is there going to be anything left? Um, And people like you are the reason why, yes, hopefully there will be a little something something left for them. (laughs) So thank you for coming on and sharing this with us. Looking forward to setting up the promo code for everybody so they can check out Zenkai Sports and all the gear that you guys have. Um, But Dan, any last words for our listeners today? Of course, Jenny, I always have something. And I am going to come back to Kaizen. I absolutely love that continuous improvement. So uh, obviously it's it's uh, built into the brand as Zenkai, but consider it for your daily living, your activities, your profession, your family. In all aspects of your life, how can you make just a little bit of an improvement from day to day? You know, I, uh, I've heard it said 1% better every day. And, and tie that into what we talked about today is how do you make the world 1% better? Because somebody's going to inherit this, man. It's not just for you right now. It's got to last a long time. So how can you make the world just a little bit better every day? Yeah, I love that. Love yeah, it. It's, it reminds me to think outside of yourself, right? Yeah, we can't be so pigeonholed into what we're doing and, and focused on ourselves. Think outside of your bubble and what you do and what you buy and the, the choices that we make every day. And we talk about choices all the time on our podcast, but the choices that we make have an impact on others and they have an impact on this planet. Um, so for some people, that might be too big of a concept, right, to wrap our heads around. But if you just start by start the rabbit hole, just open the door to the rabbit hole and then take yourself down that rabbit hole, whatever it looks like, um, you might find a lot of information and a lot, a lot of things that you do have an impact um, on the planet and on other people more than you think. So that's all. Just explore it. Yeah. Start the rabbit hole. <laughs> well, and it's, it's so nice talking to people like you guys, because then you realize you're not alone in this in sense of like other people care about this too. And like yeah. every day when I'm like taking or cycling out, I'm sitting there for five minutes at Whole Foods, like, okay, what place does this go? And I'm spending my time. There's a, there's a thousand, 10,000, a million other people doing that as well. So yeah. that's sometimes like, what if just me, I'm not buying plastic water bottles. Like, how am I going to save the world? Well, there's another person down the street, you know, Dan and Jenny, you're thinking the same way as I am. So it's sometimes it feels like you're not doing anything, but we're all doing it together. It's, it, it makes a big deal. Strength in numbers. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much again, Doug. This has been super fun. And guys, go out there, make good choices, um, but do all the things, like make the choices that make the most sense for you. Um, but remember your impact with people. And, and thanks for listening. We hope you guys enjoy this one. But go out into the world, be fruitful, do all the things, and make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon. Yeah.